Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Getting Sexy with Staff. And today I have the absolutely fabulous Faith Laux, who is a holistic and sassy and grounded sex, love, and relationship coach who supports her clients who are disconnected from their sexual spark to begin to delight in their sexuality again. Mm, can we just like pause and like say how yummy that is? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I mean, we can. seriously, I'm like, mm, that's just like, let that land all that deliciousness. I love that. Mm. And today Faith and I will be talking about one of my absolute favorite, favorite topics in the world and something that she is an expert in. And that is the seasons of our sexuality. So I don't know about you, Faith. And actually, I mean, we were just kind of talking about this before we got started, but the first time that I learned about this concept, my mind was literally like blown. My jaw was like down and I was like, oh, well that freaking explains a lot. Like now yep. I sort of get myself better. So yes. yeah, I would love I, to just like flip it over to you and hear a little bit more about like your experience with this and how you got into this work. And yeah, would just love to hear more about you. Well, thank you. Thank you for that wonderful, warm introduction as well. Um, I agree. The first time I heard about this was actually on a podcast where Jamila Jamil was interviewing the Irish comedian Aslan B. And she was reading a book uh, by a phenomenal woman called Maisie Hill called Period Power. And she was just very casually describing to her friend about the menstrual cycle as seen through the lens of the seasons. And so this idea of the first day of menstruation being the beginning of winter. And this very inward experience of hibernation and rest and rejuvenation and how important it is for us to take time during that season to restore ourselves and to replenish from a full month of hard work. And that alone was like, oh, thank you for saying that. Thank you for giving (laughs) us the permission to even think that. And as she continued to go through each season, it did feel like a light bulb was going off. And like, why is this not taught in sex ed in school? What the fuck? And are we allowed to cuss on the, I think we oh are. Oh my God. Yes. Okay. We, we all right, cuss good. all the time here. You can say okay, all the good. words. Pussy, fun. What the fuck? <laughs> why is this not taught in middle school? That's ridiculous. And, and so I can go into deeper, um, like a deeper teaching about what each season is and how it's tied to our menstrual cycle and our sexuality, but it's not just for women either. You know, men, men, men have this, but it's not tied to menstruation, but we all have these cycles in our life where, you know, going back to winter, it's this period of fallow where we don't need to tend to anything. sow anything harvest anything. It's just the land taking a breath and replenishing. It's putting compost on top of soil and letting it sit there for a season. That's it. And so what does that look like for us in our life, in our busy life? I mean, our society doesn't really account for the time and space that we need to properly honor the energy of winter. We are a summer and spring society. And It's an act of radical self-care to look at our week, especially 
as mothers, I'll add to that, working mothers. I mean, it's radical to say, okay, when can I have some time for myself to do some self-massage, to take a bath, to whatever it is that needs nourishing, whatever it is that our body is asking for, and then asking for it you know, from our partner, from our family, from ourselves, if even if we're alone and we're single, I mean, it's a beautiful thing to give ourselves the space to rest and not just at night, you know, to like restore during the day. And, and so when you're on your menstruation in winter to ask for more help, you know, and to just have that built into the way that we relate to those who we're close to. And I, I just, I'm, I'm, I love, and then to receive, you know, to be able to receive from them too, is the other piece of it, you know, and winter is a time for really setting our intentions for the next cycle. What is it that we want more of? There's a lot of clarity that we can have from this sense of stillness and pause that we get to take. And so I'm just going to invite the people listening in this moment to take a breath and know that winter matters and that we can make space for winter in our bodies and in our days and in our week. And so that brings us to springtime, which is sort of the flipping out towards the rest of the world. So instead of looking inward, we're excited and we're full of possibility and we're flirtatious and, and there's just a sense of like, Ooh, I want that. Ooh, I'm, I'm aroused by that. And we, our capacity expands and this is us approaching ovulation. And, um, it's just a delectable, it's a delectable season, you know, to be in and to savor and to kind of capitalize on in terms of like, Hmm, I feel more social. Let me put more social things on my calendar. And conversely, it's wonderful if when you're in winter, you're the kind of person who doesn't like as much socialization and doesn't like as much working with people, we can schedule ourselves in our month according to where we are in our cycle, which is pretty phenomenal. Should we choose to do that? Um, and so just being mindful, like we just went on a little vacation, uh, our family, and I knew that I was going to be approaching winter. And I made sure that we weren't going to be doing anything super strenuous or super ambitious because I wanted it to be mellow and I wanted to honor the place that my body was in. And it was part of our accounting of how we were going to spend the time together, um, which felt, it just feels great to be able to have this level of uh, attunement to my own body and to how I live in the world so that I can ride the waves of my own hormones, you know? And so when my hormones are picking up towards ovulation, I've got a lot more energy available. And so I'm going to be doing more things. I'm going to be honoring that creative force in me and making it happen. And then summertime energy is, is that full bloom, you know, it's the peak, it's, it's orgasms, it's awakening, it's saying yes to things and really birthing what it is that we intended to birth for that month, whether it actually be a project or a baby or um, a different cadence to our relationship with, with our partners, 
summertime is that time of allowing full expansion and full expression and full yes to come through. And, and that's sort of where we get stuck as a society, I think, is we just continue. We, we kind of want to, we honor the hamster wheel of spring and summer. And then what naturally comes after the peak is the fall and autumn. And that is where we turn inward again. And our hormones are no longer firing on all cylinders, giving us this sense of invincibility. We're starting to, to see reality in a different way. You know, our emotions are a little bit more on the surface. Truth comes out of our mouths a little bit easier. It might not come out elegantly, but it's much (laughs) more available. (laughs) You know, and autumn is a time of taking stock and healing. And again, I think that this is a place where we have historically fallen short as a culture to not, to not allow ourselves to grieve what needs to be grieved in the short term over the course of a day or a month, and then in the long term over the course of an entire year or many years and giving ourselves, creating a life where we have room to breathe within these seasons and to grieve and to slow down and to sort of harvest the wisdom of the last cycle is important. And so I think as, as sex, love, and relationship coaches, it's one of the gifts that you and I get to bring to our clients is a space where they can honor whatever season they're in and really dive deep into the wisdom that's present. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for just going through that with such clarity. And I mean, I can just like see people listening, like, oh my gosh, this is so right. And like the light bulbs just going off because as you mentioned, I mean, men definitely have their own seasonal thing, but as women, we're, we're so cyclical, right? It's like every month with our menstruation. And then also in the broader scheme of our sexuality as Mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. And so one thing, you know, that you really, you pointed out a couple of times, and I even want to just reiterate is it's like, we really do get stuck in this spring and summer and this feeling, especially as women, it's like, you always have to be on, you have to be like sexy and have it together and on top of your game and happy Mm -hmm. and light and airy. Mm -hmm. And just like, Woo, like I got Mm -hmm. this. Mm -hmm. And that leaves no room for the completion, Mm -hmm. right? It leaves no room for that coming down and That is why I believe there's so much burnout and like addiction and this death grip to perfectionism and, um, you know, women that are in their heads and not in their bodies is because we're not taught to be in our bodies. We're taught to operate in this structural society that wants us to be in one way Mm -hmm. without deeply honoring this wisdom that's in our body that says, actually, no, we need to come down. We need to have this introspective time in the fall to really reflect and see what we want to release. It's like the trees, right? They have to release their leaves in order to bloom again. And it's a beautiful time. It, it reminds me, it really is <laughs> the like misogyny just in the patriarchy, like 
interwoven into the way that we view ourselves and the way that we live, that we feel like we have to always be in spring and summer, which is a very, these are youthful seasons. These are seasons of fertility, like youth and fertility. And the season of autumn is mature. It's maturation. And it's same with winter. Winter is even like crone energy, you know? And so even deeper wisdom and us not having access to these parts of who we are as young girls, as women is devastating. And I think as we're talking about this, I'm realizing that this is a revolution that happens person by person, one person at a time. And that there is a rising tide of um, women who are ready to appreciate and reclaim what it is that we've lost in terms of being connected to our bodies and being connected to that inner voice within us that says something's not quite right. And I'm not sure what it is, but I'm going to heed the call and I'm going to be a detective and figure out like to, to re that I have this, this image of us as women, like remembering ourselves, literally like grabbing limbs that have been lost on (laughs) the battlefield of life and like sewing them back on and reclaiming these aspects of who we are that haven't been valued, but we value them and we are honoring them. And even the men listening to this, honoring the women in their life, the daughters in their life, the mother and the mothers in their life in this same way. It really is so beautiful. And, you know, it's reminding me of this conversation. So there is these two people that were sitting next to me on a plane and they just jabbered away the entire time. And, um, and it was kind of <laughs> to the point where I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know if this is worse or if a screaming baby's worse, but like, <laughs> I just took out my headphones and I was like, oh, I'm just going to listen in on their conversation because you know, if you can't beat them, join them and maybe I'll learn something. And they were talking like about sex and different things. And I was like, I'm just going to like, take some notes here. Like, <laughs> Anyway, there was this young woman and I believe she was 23. And yes, I do know her age because I literally heard the whole conversation and she was talking about how deeply she desires for her period to just be normalized, Mm. just normalized. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that Mm -hmm. she didn't have to feel shame, first of all, in admitting that she had a period And second of all, that she could feel like she could call her boss when she was in menstruation and bleeding and not feeling well, and just be able to say, Hey, I'm bleeding really heavily today. I do not feel good. I'm cramping. I'm going to stay home and I'm going to rest for 24 hours, 48 hours. And then I'll be back without having to make up some lie. And what it is relating to me. And what you said is that there is this yearning for the woman's natural cycle and the natural functions to even just be normalized and Mm -hmm. not shamed in our society. Mm -hmm. And that next level is like actually even understanding what that means. And Mm -hmm. it just stuck with me how passionate she was about like this deep, desire within her to have her cycle, her Mm -hmm. cycles every month, just Mm -hmm. normalized. And so that's why I think that these conversations are so potent to have, Mm -hmm. because I truly believe that most women just want that normalization. They Mm -hmm. want to be like, oh my gosh, 
it's okay to rest when Mm -hmm. I'm on my period. Just like you said, it's like almost like somebody's handing you this permission slip. Like you can rest. I even mentioned in my Instagram, um, a few days ago or whatever, that I don't run when I'm on my period. And I had a couple of people like, I have never heard of that. Like Mm why? And so it's, it really still is this revolutionary thing. And so Mm -hmm. radical Mm-hmm. to honor that crone energy, to honor the autumn, the release, the winter. And mm-hmm. just like you said, it's like, we're taking back all of these parts of us and mm-hmm. stitching them on to come back into this remembrance of our wholeness and how our wholeness is so innately tied to the seasons, to the moon, you know, and it's, it's beautiful. Yeah. As I hear you talk about that, I remember I used to be a middle school teacher and it wouldn't have occurred to me to approach my boss and say, Hey, I have, I have something I'd like to talk to you about and just share. Like I have really intense, (laughs) I have a very intense cycle and the first day or two can be really rough for me. I am going to be taking sick days then. I'd like to to ask for your support to be able to take sick days and honor that time and give myself the space to do that. I think he would be like, you don't need to tell me. It's okay. It's okay. You can just do what you need to do. Just take your sick days. But it's, it's this idea that like, it didn't even occur to me that I could even open that conversation up to him until you said that. And we do have that invitation and it goes back to our own personal responsibility and bringing this into the world in our own ways. So what does that look like? What does that revolutionary act look like for each of us? And um, early on in the pandemic, um, we were teaching our daughter how to, to be potty trained. And so she got very curious about her genitals for the first time. And I was like, okay, here we go. We're going to call them as they are. We're going to use the real terms and we're not going to use any sort of frou-frou terms and make it, make it shameful or like, Oh, those are your privates. And no, we'll talk about your vulva and we'll talk about your anus and that's your clitoris and, and the vaginas on the inside. And she was just fascinated. And I asked her one day, would you like me to write you a book about a vulva? And she, her eyes grew wide and she said, yes. And so then I wrote and illustrated a children's book about vulvas, sort of educating about them, celebrating them, normalizing them. Because I think in this conversation about normalizing menstruation and being able to be proud of who we are in our bodies, it also requires us to be proud of our vulvas and to be able to call it what it is. And, and so that's another piece of what it is that I'm passionate about is bringing this sense of pride about who we are and how we look naturally to the next generation so that they can be growing up and be like, yep, this is what I look like. What do you look like? Oh, great. Lovely. Wonderful. (laughs) I love that. And I do, I, I think that that is like the movement that you and I are both so like batshit passionate about, right? It's like, how do we model this so that our children and our children's friends and their friends and their children and everybody can just start to have these conversations be fully normal. Right. And obviously, you know, there's like age appropriate conversations and different things like that, but like normalizing from a very young age, like 
you know, even with my children, I have two boys and like, they know everything about my cycle. They know like what it means. They know that, you know, these are the two days when I, I need to rest more. Like we're going to get takeout because I don't fucking cook. Like (laughs) these are the days and like, And also these are the things that, you know, if you choose to be with a woman who menstruates one day that would be really beneficial or like nice to do or kind to do. And I don't expect them to do that for me, but I do educate them in, in these things. And so it's very, very normal. And it really is like, I just see this like yearning to normalize all of these different things and to learn about our bodies because women have just been so shamed about our bodies and their functions and like everything for so long that I feel like when you teach about these seasons and it's like, oh, well, that's why I feel so much energy right after my period. And I feel like I'm snow white coming out and like singing with the birds. And I mean, that's where I'm at right now. And I really am like, the snow is lovely. I love it when it's eight degrees and minus 32 windshield. It's wonderful. Like, (laughs) You know, it's, but it's like normalizing all of this, knowing that like last week I was like, fuck my life. (laughs) (laughs) How am I ever going to survive? (laughs) Uh huh. But I have language for it and I actually journal about it. And, you know, so it's like, I know like, okay, this too shall pass. And I'm going to feel like this amazing high. And, and like you said, it's like, what can I start to plant seeds not only as, you know, an entrepreneur, but like in my family, what activities, what are the different things that I can do that require a little bit of that higher level energy. And, you know, it's, it's just, it's so beautiful to start planning out your month according to these seasons. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I, a few weeks ago, was inspired by a couple of people in our field posting about having relationship board meetings. And I saw it coming from a couple different people, which I, I took as a sign. I was like, okay, it's time for us to have a relationship board meeting and focused on sexuality. And so I planted the seed with my husband and I told him it's not going to be now or tonight, but at some point this week, I'd like to create some space to take stock and have a conversation with you about the current state of our sexuality because there had been a lot that we just hadn't been talking about. And um, so we found some space a couple of days later in the evening. And we started with me just talking for five minutes. He put a timer on and I just spoke for five minutes uninterrupted about what was going on with me, sort of current state. Like I have been dealing with chronic digestive issues that have made penetrative sex painful. And so we've been, I've been, I've been sort of giving him the stiff arm and avoiding sexuality altogether. And he's taken the cue and not initiated. And so we've been in this sort of collective um, autumn winter that was sort of extended over many months. And, and I just let myself talk about the sadness of not connecting with of like not having that intimacy and that physicality because I was scared of the pain and, and then getting to the yearning of like actually wanting to be with him and being creative about what would that look like, you know, and like, what would happen if we actually went and did this sort of like sexy ritual where 
our sexuality was was healing and your cock was a healing wand. Like that blew my mind. That just sort of like came out of my mouth as a possibility that I, that hadn't occurred to me. Um, but what if we took our sexuality in that way? And what if we explored intimacy together without penetration and what could that look like? And, and then he had five minutes to share and, and uncover what it had been like to be on the receiving end of being with somebody who was just not open for business. And in sort of airing the dirty laundry and getting clear and honest about where we both were and how it made us feel, it created so much space and so much, it, it shifted the energy. So in acknowledging the autumn and the winter that we had been in, he was like, oh, okay, well, you want to go upstairs? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, let's go see what happens. And, you know, and we did, and it, and it, and it was so interesting because our first sort of touches together were, were awkward. And it did feel like our bodies were like, wait, who are you? You know, like ice melting, like this doesn't feel fluid, like it, like it has, but it did melt and our bodies were able to melt and get, and come together again. And so we had this evening that very much felt like spring and summer and just this like very joyous, juicy exploration of sexuality within this new construct and what it needed to look like for me at this time. And, and it was wonderful. And so I say that to share that sexual seasons can change on a dime and they can be a very, they can, they can last years and they can also end like a year, years long seasons can end also quickly and shift from one into the next in a matter of hours. And so we do have, we do have some agency over what kind of seasons we have. And there is power in naming and acknowledging where we are to help move the energy into a different place. I love that. And I am so glad that you kind of transitioned this into partnership, right? Because there's this one thing where, you know, women were in our cycle and there's then in partnership there's these sexual cycles, just like you said, where, you know, you have like the spring where you're just like, woo, like give it to me, baby. And the summer where it's like hot and heavy and the fall where you're like, yeah, I don't know, like kind of tired and winter where you're like, roll over, I'm going to bed, you know? And, and I love what you said. And I even want to reiterate that these sexual seasons are so normal and natural in relationships and they can last weeks, they can last months, they can even last years. But having that language to call them what they are is so beneficial. And like you and your husband, where you sat down and you're like, let's just each take five minutes to talk and acknowledge the season that we are personally in and in, in this partnership it was able to change everything, right? It's like the snow, the sun was able to come back out and the snow was able to melt because mm -hmm. it is very, very normal. And so anybody that's in, you know, a little bit more of a long-term relationship, I'm sure that you can see the evolution of seasons and maybe you haven't gone all the way through and all the way back because it could take a very long time, you know, like we said, and, mm -hmm. I would, you know, guess more often than not, you can look back and you can be like, 
oh, that makes so much more sense. Or, you know, um, and I know you just had like a big move across the country. It's like a move or adding a baby or adding a pet or adding, you know, an illness or something can also affect these sexual seasons. And Mm -hmm. so having the language to say, look, like probably going to be in the winter right now, but how can we still connect intimately? And maybe this is just holding each other like for an extra couple minutes, Mm -hmm. you know, like it's, Mm -hmm. it's all, it's back to that conversation that sex and intimacy is so much more vast than like what we consider like penetrative sex. Like it's so much more vast. And Mm -hmm. so when you have the language of this is where I'm at, this is where you're at, this is where we are at together, you're able to start to pull in these different ways so that you can be in the depth of winter, but you can feel intimately connected as well at the same time. Mm -hmm. Beautifully said. I think that it's so important to underline the ability to have these honest conversations and use this language with our partners. Um, And I think a lot of relationships (laughs) feel broken after they cycle through spring and summer. And, and, you know, after that two, you know, six month to two year honeymoon period uh, ends, it's like, oh shit, I guess this isn't the one because now I'm no longer feeling those fiery feelings of, um, of passion like I used to. And at this stage in relationship, intimacy is a practice. It's a dedication. And it's something that, I mean, when we started learning about sex dates, like literally scheduling sex into the calendar, even we were like, what? That's so, that's so not spontaneous. And that's kind of ridiculous, but that's the life that we have. We have a very busy life and scheduling it in makes it happen, you know, and we have energy because it's happening in the middle of the day. It's not happening at night when we're depleted. Um, and there's also just so much power and potential in couples being able to talk about and reckon with like the harvest of autumn. And so you go through spring, you go through summer. And then, like you said, you'll have big things that happen in your life, loss, illness, um, kids, job change, moving, um, and it'll kick up our old, our old shit. And, and when we're in a trusting partnership with somebody, there's so much value to being able to go through that together and invite your partner in to the journey that you're having. And it becomes this very healing, loving container to process all of all of the things that are coming up for you and to really harvest, like, what is this move bringing up? How is this reminding me of when I moved when I was a kid or whatever? Um, But there's just a lot of potency to be able to bring these sexual seasons into relationship with somebody. 100%. And I think also, you know, if you're in the space in life where you're in conscious dating and this is, this is a great tool to have under your tool belt to know and to talk to potential partners about, or somebody that you're in a new relationship with be like, Hey, I mean, what a fun dinner conversation. Be like, Hey, let's talk about the sexual seasons. I just learned about this. And like, I can't (laughs) imagine anybody being like, I don't want to fucking talk about the sexual seasons. Like, no, don't tell me about that. Right. 
That would be a litmus test. If they're not interested, then I'm not interested in them. (laughs) Exactly. I'm like, this should be like fifth date material. Be like, we're going to have this talk. I'm going to fill you out and see, because yeah, like it's fun. First of all, because you can talk about it in a really fun way Mm -hmm. of like, Hey, just learn this knowledge. Like, how cool is this? Like, what are your thoughts on it? I think it's a very good, um, way to even talk in more depth about your sexual relationship, especially when you're dating and you're exploring and you're getting to know somebody's body for the first time, or you're in this brand new relationship. And it's also like, Hey, now we have the language. So when we get, you know, past this honeymoon phase and things start to kind of come down, it's like, we can actually look at this and be like, Hey, so are we going through this like fall winter? Like how can we connect differently? And also sometimes that is a point when you're like, actually, you're not a good match. So Mm -hmm. I'm not going to discard that that can't be true. But like you said, more often than not people, you know, who, who maybe are a really good match. It's like that fizz goes away and it's like, Oh, but I want the fizz. I still want the fizz. So I'm going to move on Mm -hmm. because, you know, it's always supposed to be fizzy because we live in this once again, perpetual spring, summer, and Mm -hmm. there's no regard for the fall and the winter. So having this language as, you know, a single person, as Mm -hmm. a woman who has a menstrual cycle in dating and in long-term partnership, it's like revolutionary at all stages. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. (laughs) it's such a fun conversation to have. And there's just, there is, there's just so much, so much depth there. And it's something that I'm so grateful that we were able to kind of dive into and chat about today because, um, even just having the language, right. It's it, 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 to me, it's no different than like studying the love languages or the sexual blueprints. It's like, once you have language for these things, yeah. Then you know, and you can have conversations yeah. and you know how yeah. to work with it versus yeah. having it like, you know, yeah. kind of coming in sabotage. And I, and I want to underline sort of this theme that, that has woven through our conversation around it's once we have this language, it's now up to us to continue to use it and share it with others, to share it with our daughters, to share it with our friends, to share it with our lovers. And to empower the world to see through this lens and to, and, and to honor the feminine and to honor our bodies. And, and so there's something like there's the language and then there's also what the language is bringing with it, which is valuing the feminine and bringing the feminine right back into balance um, into this world. And so it's, it's important and it's fun and, and I love it. I do too. And it really does help to, um, take those layers of shame away Mm -hmm. and shame away from our bodies, shame away from our cycles, shame away from, you know, these, these periods when maybe you don't actually want sex Mm -hmm. with your partner and you want something different. Um, it takes away the shame of like, maybe you've gone a couple months and you haven't connected intimately with your partner Mm -hmm. and it does, it, it can start to peel all of that shame away and help you to dive deeper and have that introspectiveness that maybe this is going on. So can I have a little bit of grace with myself? Can I come into my body and either have the conversation with myself or with my partner 
mm-hmm. my lover, whoever it is. So mm-hmm. that's, yeah. that's exactly it. Yeah. And to be able to just be, be curious and kind to ourselves. hundred percent, hundred percent. Thank you so much, Faith, for coming on. I just feel like this is probably going to be so many people's favorite episode (laughs) ever (laughs) because it's so like mind blowing. And I would love if you could take just a minute and let us know where we can find you, how people can work with you. Would love to have you share with the audience the name of your book, because I'm sure that there's mothers out there that are like, I, first of all, I didn't even know it was really called a vulva. Like, is it a vagina? Is it a vulva? Like, what do I actually call this? So like, how can we find you? How can people learn from you? How can people work with you and how can they buy your book? All the things. Wonderful. Thank you. So, um, I have a website. It's faithlaux.com. Uh, L A U X is my last name and I'm at faith Laux on Instagram and my book vulva uh, is still in the works of finding the right edit- editing publishing house to be birthed into the world. Um, fingers crossed, send some good vibes that, that there is somebody who's willing to take the risk to bring it out there. Um, and so that one people will have to stay tuned for, but I do offer one-on-one coaching packages and I would love to extend a gift to the listeners of this podcast to have one free coaching session added on to the package. Should they sign up um, through, through this podcast? Awesome. So I will link all of that below and maybe we'll have like a code or something that they can like save for to you to get this. That is such an incredible offer. Thank you so much and take faith up on this everybody. And yeah. So thank you just so much for being here today, for sharing your knowledge and your energy and wisdom with us. And yeah, it's just so appreciated. It's been an honor. Thank you, Stephanie. You're welcome. And thank you everybody for tuning in today. And I will see you again very soon.